then all of a sudden it's like all these little things you realize you're so much more capable than what you've been doing in your life. And so it starts by challenging yourself, keeping your word to yourself. Then also you got to hang out with people who are confident. another episode of It Takes Crit. Um, I feel like we should have just recorded everything we were just talking about for the last 25 minutes. I know. Uh, but I'm excited because Kayla Croft, which is the coolest name I think we've had on the show so far, That's right. is joining us today. How are you, lovely? <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. I am so fired up. Uh, we got lots to cover today. Um, I'm feeling a little bit hot and sweaty because we've just had a very heated conversation. We were <laughs> not at each other. Not at but each other, yeah. yeah, with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so for those people who don't know you already, tell everybody like who you are, what you do, and just like, She's a freaking badass. Like I'm, I'm on fire right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Okay, yeah. So um, I have a brand called Mommy Millionaire, and we help women just become financially free. So it's my mission to help one million women become millionaires. And you know it, that all started because I was raised by a single mom, and so I saw my mom work so hard, but still she struggled financially. Right. And so I just grew up like having that like ambition. Like I was not going to struggle financially. I got my start in network marketing when I was 23. Became a millionaire by 26. Great stop. And um, that that kind of just like ignited that entrepreneur spirit inside of me. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to be a business coach and turned into like a business consultant. And I do that. And then I wanted to really like help people all over the world. And that's how Mommy Millionaire was born. Right. And now you have a podcast. Yeah. So we have the Mommy Millionaire podcast. We have a live event coming up. And then we also have a mastermind too. That's so, I'm fired up for you. And like you have three kids. Yeah. So I always feel like if you have two, you're safe because you have one in each hand. If you're three, you just let it all out. <laughs> it's, like, it's gone. And they all got dropped off at school, the same yeah. school today. Yeah. yeah. So they're nine, seven, and four. And so now once you have one that's like old, so my nine-year-old's old. Okay. He's just like an adult, basically. Yeah. And so he helps me with a little one. So that's how okay. you manage more than two. Okay. There you go. So yeah. have, you need the, the, the age difference yep. too. Okay. Perfect. So how do you balance becoming a millionaire and having three kids and a husband and like you're living in Newport Beach. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a lot to manage. So I always tell people like balance is not real, especially if you're an entrepreneur, because my life is definitely not going to look like my neighbors, right? Mm-hmm. Like my neighbors, like the, the mom stays at home. She picks up the kids from school. Her husband goes to work for 12 hours a day and her life looks much different than mine. Yep. So the way that she balances is going to be different. And I got to focus on what makes me happy, right? So what makes me happy is whenever I see my kids, I like to spend quality time with them. So I have it in my calendar, scheduled in quality time with my kids. So that mm-hmm. way I don't work. And as a busy mom, you just have to schedule in everything that you want. So like figure out what is the most important to you and then say, okay, I'm going to put that in my calendar. Because I think about like, you want to just be in alignment with who you're destined to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't write it down, you're not necessarily going to do it. And I learned that from my nursing days. I used to be an ER nurse. So Mm -hmm. it was like drilled into my brain. If you didn't write it down, it didn't get done. Right. And so I just put every, I mean, I live by my calendar. So do you have that like mom guilt? 
of when you're working because I think that's a lot of things that people struggle mm-hmm. with they're like oh like I should be going to work to like earn more money for my kids but then I'm kind of leaving them like how do you balance that yeah I do remember feeling like that in the beginning like I've been an entrepreneur for all of my whole kids lives um and so in the beginning I remember going gosh you know like I should be, you know, playing Legos with them on the floor mm-hmm. instead of doing this phone call. Now I realize like it was totally worth it missing that little moment. But what's so important is going, what do I want out of my life? You know, and I looked at my life and go, okay, if I don't do something drastically different, I'm going to be working as a burnt out nurse 10 years from now. I'm not going to be happy. My kids are not going to be able to live the life I know I want them to like, right. They couldn't go yeah. to private school. They wouldn't have all the money to do the things that I want my kids to be able to do. So I had to give a little bit of sacrifice and then my whole life has changed mm-hmm. because of it. So I think guilt is a choice yep. at any moment and any day you can change the thought. And so I just know whatever I'm doing, like right now I'm here with you. I'm here with you. Yep. I'm not thinking about my kids. I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking right. about how do I serve your audience right now? And so I think a good rule any mom could live by, any person could live by, is live in the present moment because mm-hmm. you're in it. So you can't change it. You can't go to work once you're at home and you took the day off, right? Like maybe it's made the best moment. Yeah, and just right give there. your very, very best in that moment. Yeah. Short-term and, sacrifices for long-term goals. Yep. And I remember telling my parents that when we'd be on like – family vacations and I'm building my empire and I'm like, hey, I know that I'm not that present, but one day you'll be able to come to Huntington Beach and I'll have a house ready for you. Yeah. And you won't have to pay for anything and we'll get to go out on boats and do amazing things. So I kind of relate to that. I don't I have love kids, that. but it's like that short time sacrifices mm-hmm. and letting them know too. Like I'm sure there's times when you have to tell your kids, hey, mommy's working right now. Oh, yeah. And do they understand that? Absolutely. So, and also like we have an office, we work, we both work out of our house and, um, they know that they can come into my office whenever they need. I don't care if I'm doing a podcast, I'm filming. It doesn't matter. You are my top priority. Mm-hmm. Now you only need to come in here if you really need mommy, but like they know, yeah. and I'm constantly telling them like, you're my top priority. Like you're the most important thing to me. Last night before they went to school, um, I had 20 questions for them to ask them, you know, like what's the most important thing to you? Um, what is, what is the meaning of life? And I asked my four-year-old, what is the easiest thing to do in life? That was one of the questions. He said, make money. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's been <laughs> listening to mom. He's been listening to these podcasts. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, you know, they're, they're listening. Yeah. And, um, I just know like, because they hear all the mindset work that I'm doing with my clients, they're going to be like light years ahead mm-hmm. of me when they're ready to like you know, build their life. I always feel that with me as well. It's like if I had this coaching mm-hmm. and knowledge at such a young age, goodness knows like where I would have been. I would yep. have started, started network marketing at 14 years old right. and been like a millionaire by the time I was 20. Um, so that's really great that you're already encouraging your kids to do that. What was it at 23 when you joined your network marketing company that made you decide just to go for it? Well, so I was working as an ER nurse and I was a charge nurse. So I was like, okay, the next move up for me would be a manager. And I'm like, I saw those managers that were overweight, they were unhappy and they were stressed out. They were like losing their hair in their thirties. I was like, I do not want to be that person. And I went to a meeting and they talked about financial freedom. And the same thing probably happened to you. That those words, financial freedom, because of my childhood, like I grew up with my dad in jail. Um, like, you know, we were on food stamps. We, you know, like that was my life. I, I remember just like never having enough, you know? Yep. Financial freedom was everything to me. So I was like, yes, sign me up. I went straight full force, like went to the event and was like coming home, telling everybody I was going to be a millionaire. And people thought I was crazy nuts. And I was like, I don't care. Like 
all day long I was buying my story that I was going to be a millionaire. Mm -hmm. I do not care what you have to say. No one else could tell you otherwise. No one else could tell me otherwise. And somebody asked me this the other day. They go, why did you, how did you handle the rejection? Because most people, they, they cower. They're just like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't handle Mm -hmm. it. When I was 16 years old, I remember going and looking for my dad. He was a drug addict. And I went into one of the little drug houses that he was in. This is crazy. Like I'm like the 16 year old, like by myself. And I find him and I'm like, dad, come on, come, come home. Come on. And I remember crying at the door and he literally slammed the door in my face and said, go away. Wow. And like in that moment, I felt so unlovable. Mm-hmm. and rejected. But I also committed to myself, like, nobody's ever going to make me feel this way again. Nobody's ever going to have that power over me. And that's how, like, when your own dad rejects you and says, go away, like, I don't want you, yep. that, you, you know, that other type of rejection, it's like, yeah, if someone shrug it off. Know, like, shrug it off. Okay, right? right. Yeah, there's nothing to compare it to. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you've experienced that kind of pain, you just go, I'm, I'm, I can do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, if I can overcome that and not be a drug addict like him, because that's what most people do, right? I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. So that's how. I mean, you just, you kind of like, you got to compare it, like the perspective of like rejection, like, it's really, it's just a part of the game, it's a part of the process. I think that's the biggest thing. And like, even when we're going out in our business and we're reaching out, finding new clients or people, maybe articles or magazines that want us, we want to be part of, there's a 99.90% chance that they're going to say no. Right. But like, you're only looking for that 0.1%. Right. Or, or that one point percent of people as mm-hmm. well. And so having that focus on, you know, the outcome of finding the yes mm-hmm. actually outweighs the no's. I, I remember because when I started network marketing at 25, I went to the event and my mentor was like super wealthy, had traveled the world. So what everybody else said to me just didn't matter because mm-hmm. I was like, well, I want to be like this person. Right. So why would I listen to like these other people who were saying it's not possible? It's not going to happen. Like you're crazy. I was like, no, you're crazy. You're the crazy one yeah. because I'm looking at this person and they have everything I want. <laughs> so I'm like, you guys are the crazy right. ones. I mean, that's a good point. Like you really should only take advice from people that you would be willing to trade places with. Yeah. I say that quote all the time. Yeah. Love it. So... So one thing that you talk about is like boosting your self-confidence, because I think if someone hasn't had a traumatic, you know, thing that's happened in their past that they can't compare it with, yep. how can you find that self-confidence to, to go for it anyway? Right. Well, I think when you keep your word to yourself, you build your confidence that way. And so like, for example, I could say, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. tomorrow and I push the snooze and I end up getting up at 730 and running late, getting the kids out of the door. How many times do people do that? on a daily basis. They do it day after day after day. Mm-hmm. And they wonder why they don't feel good about themselves. It's like, you couldn't keep a little promise to yourself. Right. So, you know, start to start with one challenge and go, okay, I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. It doesn't have to necessarily be this. This is just yeah. an example. I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. for five days in a row. Then all of a sudden on the fifth day, after you've gotten up at 5 a.m., you're feeling good about yourself. You're like, yeah, Look, yeah, I can do it. Yeah. Now I'm going to add in, I'm going to do, you know, a hundred ab moves every single day for, for seven days. Right. Then I feel better. Then all of a sudden it's like all these little things you realize you're so much more capable than what you've been doing in your life. And so it starts by challenging yourself, keeping your word to yourself. Then also you got to hang out with people who are confident. Like if I hang out with a bunch of people that talk bad about themselves, that gossip about other people, right? Mm-hmm. I'm never going to feel good about myself because mm-hmm. that's like the, the norm. But if I hang out with people like you that is like, I'm amazing. I'm wonderful. 
grateful. Like, heck yeah, I'm going to start feeling, it's going to rub off because it's unacceptable. If I were to come up to you and be like, oh my gosh, I'm having an ugly day and a, a fat day or whatever, you'd be like, why are you talking like that? Yeah, yeah. Get, get, play a big girl. Yeah. Song. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. yeah it wouldn't, fine. yeah, it wouldn't yeah, yeah. be allowed. So I think yeah. you got to hang out with confident people. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Um, so for you, when you got started in, you know, launching your podcast, how were you scared to launch something new? Were you like, is this anyone going to even listen to this? Like, why, when did you start the podcast? I started the podcast, gosh, 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. And no, like I always do something and expect it to succeed. And I think that like, and it's not the most popular podcast out there but it is pretty successful. And one of the things is if you can see it in your mind, Mm -hmm. it can become real in your life. And so one of the things my mom taught me at a very young age, and I know most people didn't have this, but she was a single mom. And the thing she said was anything you say out loud becomes real in your life. Your words are very powerful. Like when we were sick, she wouldn't let me say out loud I was sick. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like she was very because, extreme. Yeah. Okay. And that, but that's how, that was my subconscious mind at a very mm-hmm. young age. Do not speak anything that I don't want to be true. So when I was 13, my friends will tell you, I would walk around and say, I'm the most beautiful girl here in the room. Like I would literally say that stuff out loud. You're like, she's a cocky girl, but that's what I wanted yeah. to be true. Right. Yeah. So I just like was ingrained with that. And so when it comes to, you know, building up a podcast, launching a new business, listen, I expect everything I touch to turn to gold. Does everything? No, I've had a massive amount of failures too. Mm-hmm. But I never go into it expecting somebody to not listen. But why would people not listen? They're crazy if they don't listen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're so certain. You've got to yeah. have certainty. Mm-hmm. That that is the missing ingredient. People are uncertain about mm-hmm. where they're going. I'm so certain I'm gonna be a billionaire. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of time. Right. Right? I remember when we were sat and we first met when we were in Monaco, had an amazing trip to Monaco. It was one of the like best four days of my whole life. And I remember sitting next to you at dinner and you were so sure about how to create the emails to the marketing, to talking to your audience. I was like blown away. How did you learn all this stuff? Because a lot of people, they look at, you know, someone like you and they're like, well, you know, you just have it all figured out. But there was a time where you didn't have it figured out and you have to figure it out. But like, it's not like you join a university and they teach you all this. Right. So how did you figure it out? I mean, you buy courses, you go to YouTube, Mm -hmm. you invest. I mean, I have invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in mentors that have done what I want to do because that's the easiest way to, to shortcut the process is to hire somebody that will tell you, here's what not to do and here's right. what to do, right? Mm-hmm. So you learn from the best. I've always invested um, to go to the next level. And I think people are scared of that. Like, oh, I could just figure it out on Google University. It's like, right. no, you can't. Yeah. Because then you just, you keep making mistake after mistake after mistake. It's like, listen to the pros. And when you have one of these mentors, does sometimes you question them what to do? Or are you like, hey, I just like, if they're teaching me to go and say this to a certain person, just going for it. Because sometimes, I mean, with me, I get like uncomfortable when I know one of my friends is like, hey, you need to have this conversation with this person because you need to have this conversation. I'm like, oh, I just don't like confrontation. But are you literally following what your mentors are teaching you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and if you're going to invest that money, like I don't like to waste money. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to invest in you, it's because I trust you and I would be willing to trade places with you. Right. Right. So it's always that mm-hmm. thing. Like, do I want what they have? I'm going to be coachable. I'm going to be 100% coachable. I remember my first business coach, I hated getting on the phone with him because he would always make me do something like after the call that I really didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Like it was painful. And I, he, he even told me that in the beginning, he says, there's going to be parts where you don't want to get on the phone with me, that you're going to hate me because of the things that I'm going to push you to do. This is the 
best wow. thing yeah. I ever did for myself because it helped me break a lot of chains that were holding me back. Do you remember what type of things he was getting you to do? Oh my gosh. Yes, I do. <laughs> I will like, never yes, not I forget those. But you know, I was already a millionaire and I was like plateaued. I'm like, I don't know what's next. I have all this money. My kids are healthy. I have this marriage over here and I'm just like not happy. Like mm-hmm. nobody can make me happy. And so I was like, I got to hire a coach. And what I found out was like, I was a victim. And even though I was like proud and I would always say, I'm not a victim. I'm a, I rise up. I do whatever it takes. Like I was like, he was like, you're a bulldozer. That's actually a Ferrari. And you need to like, like, that's how you're coming out in the world. And no wonder why you're not happy. You're not even being yourself. Cause you're just like in fight mode, oh, you know, wow. like, okay. And I was like, Ooh, okay. Cause you feel like you were getting defensive. Yeah. This? Cause yeah. I was just like, Oh, like, you know, my dad hates me. My mom's this, my mom's that, you know, like, and I would be like, Oh, I got to just go fight for what I want. That was yeah. my mentality. He's like, how can you be happy when you're constantly fighting? Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, that. Yeah, yeah. So I had to do like the, this process of forgiving my dad, forgiving my stepdad, forgiving my mom, forgiving my brother. Like I, at that point, didn't really have a relationship with any of them mm-hmm. at all. And so, because I was angry, I was like, I don't need you. Whatever. Right. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. That's my defense mechanism. He's like, your defense mechanism will work until they don't. And at that point it had worked and now it was not working. Like cutting people out of my life and blinders on was no longer going to get me to the next phase of my life. And so I just, I basically had to call all of them and tell them everything I didn't like about them. Okay. This is okay. Okay. Everything I don't like about them. And then ask for forgiveness from them, from my own dad, like who I'm like, you know, yeah, you should be like begging me to be in your life. And no, I had to call and ask for forgiveness. I've been holding a grudge against you for years. And I'm so thankful that you were the drug addict you were, because that's what made me strong today. That's what mm-hmm. made me be good at sales, marketing, all that stuff. Cause I know pain mm-hmm. and so I can speak to people. Yeah. You had to be you. you. you yeah. And so that you for- could be to be you. Right? Yeah. Right? But wow. imagine calling somebody oh, up and saying all that. so hard. Will you forgive me? Yeah. How long did it take you to do that? It was a, it was a process of six months to do okay, all of this. So it, and what's your relationship now like with your family? Yeah, I have a really good relationship with my mom and my stepdad, which mm-hmm. is very surprising. And my dad, um, it's still you know he's an addict, so you got to keep him at a distance. But it's a loving thing. Like I don't have any hate towards him. Mm-hmm. It's more of just like. I feel I have so much compassion for him. It's a disease, you know, mm-hmm. but in order for me to like be mentally safe, I can't have him in my life, you know? Yeah. Do you feel like going through that and, you know, asking for forgiveness, you were allowed to become unapologetically you? 100%. Because now I'm like, I don't have any shame around it. I'll tell everybody everything. Mm-hmm. Like, this is it. Yeah. And how do you get to that point? Because a lot of times I feel like people are so worried about not being themselves or like being judged or like, oh, if I do it this way, if I talk to this person and then you're not even happy because like I've done it too when you're becoming this, you know, perfectly curated person online and then you never say anything negative that's happened to you and then you Mm -hmm. feel unauthentic and you feel like you're not being you. So how do you get over that and just freaking be you? Well, I think like knowing that you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. So some people are going to have a real problem with all the things that you share. But some people, your people, are going to be even more drawn to you. Those are the people that will be will die for you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, they will cut someone that talks bad to you. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, they yeah, love yeah. you. And because they truly know you. Like, yeah. you're like, hey, this is me. This is me with all of my scars, with all of my open wounds that I'm still healing. This, I'm going through it. I'm just like you. The difference is, is that all of those open wounds, I'm not letting them hold me back. Like right. I'm, I'm continuing to move forward. And so it makes people, it gives people hope. And so you have an obligation to share 
all of you. Mm -hmm. And I think there's some stories that like, obviously there's so many stories I would never share. Yeah. But I share enough to go, Hey, like, listen, I'm in it with you. I'm continuing to grow as a person. And if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah. I really feel too, like having this conversation just opened my eyes to, you know, sometimes we try to like please everybody. And then we have like a hundred people that we know, but then there's nobody that we really know like that type. And if you start to be openly you, you're going to actually really attract people who you're going to be even closer with because you're going to share who you really are. Mm -hmm. And those people who don't see it, then it's almost like, well, fuck them. Like they're they're not your people. Right. They're just not your people. Right. And I think like if I always ask myself, like if today was my last day of life, Mm -hmm. would I want to spend it being somebody that I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to be this perfect friend? Like it doesn't feel good. And I remember being in network marketing and like having to be perfect all the time. I thought that I needed, I'm like, what? Then the moment I finally opened up to my team, my team exploded because they were like, right. oh my gosh, Kayla's not perfect. Mm. And so I can do this too. Yeah. So how do you still, because if you're in network marketing, you need to still show that you can work hard and that you are someone that people want to follow as well as using some of that vulnerability. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to say, you know what, I've just had a terrible shitty day. I'm not going to be on, I'm not going to be on social media for the next mm-hmm. week. Because you don't want that because then no one's going to follow you. So how do you balance the two with showing your vulnerability, but also making sure that people aren't going to be like, well, she's not with it. So I don't want to follow her. Right. Well, I think like if you're having like bad day after bad day after bad day, like, listen, nobody's going to be following you because you're Mm -hmm. not in a good energetic space. Mm -hmm. So get your energy right. Yeah. Right. And the most important thing to think about is, is what are you creating for your life? What is your long-term vision for your life? Mm -hmm. And buy into that vision every single morning. And what you'll see is the actions that you need to be taking every single day. You better be showing up on social media, right? You got to be consistent in order to build the influence Mm -hmm. over people. So what is, what does my avatar need to see right now on social media? Mm -hmm. The one that's going to come into the network marketing. Well, they probably just had a bad day because their bank card was declined again. Right. So I'm showing up for them. I'm not Mm -hmm. showing up for me and my pity party today. I'm showing up for them to give them hope. Look, you know, like I remember I used to always post like little of my, um, company card, like just bought lunch for everybody. Like that would be a good, like little thing. I didn't have to get on there and share. Right me and I'm having mm-hmm. a bad day. It was just like, oh, cool. I'm so grateful. Yeah. I get to do that. My company else. just did this. Yeah. And then yeah. if their bank card was just declined, then they're hitting me up. Yeah. Right. So think about your avatar, show up for them. You've got to build consistency to have influence, mm-hmm. you know? And that's the same with your friends too. Like I sometimes see like, even if you're not trying to build a business, like don't post on social media, like, oh, like it was a good day at the beach. Like apart from like the last like three hours that like sucked. And then like loads of people are going to be like, why, what's up? What's up? What's wrong? And it's almost like you're craving that negative attention. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like you're getting people to worry about you when really you just need to kind of take a breath and get over that moment. And so that, cause I feel like people are just causing like a stir. Well, creating creating like negative energy. Like if there's a point to it, right? So like the other day I, um, I mean, I was just telling you the stuff that I had to deal with last week Mm -hmm. and it was like, I had the worst week I felt like. And on Friday I posted this post that said like, you can or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I put like, you know, I just had one of the hardest days of my life. And here's the thing is like, this isn't going to bury me. Like you might feel like right now, like you're stuck, Mm -hmm. but the sun rises again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So like I shared like vulnerable, like I just really had a sucky day and I'm checking out. I said, I'm checking out of social media for the weekend. Mm -hmm. Like here's, but here's what I know. 
Yes. Right? We hate the solution. I have the solution. Yeah, like here, yeah. I'm not going to stay here. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be buried here. Like I will rise up mm-hmm. and so can all of you. Yeah. So there was a, you know, it was like good balance of like bringing hope to people because if you just go, oh, like you want the sympathy. People do it all the time. I see yeah. that. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what's the moral here? Yeah. It's like, yes, you, you're okay to say your vulnerability, but like give people a solution so that if they're feeling like shit too, they're not just going to be like, okay, it's fine for me to wallow and be a victim. It's like, oh, she's feeling like shit. Me too, but she's given a solution and I right. can follow that too. Yeah. Yeah. How do you create boundaries with people? I think the conversation that we were having before this started getting recording was great. And, um, and I'm not very, I'm kind of not that great at like stepping into my boundaries mm-hmm. and, and making sure people maybe aren't taking advantage. But how do you create boundaries with clients? You know, say if someone's not paid you on time or they haven't delivered what they said they're going to do, like, how do you create those oh, boundaries so without being like, oh God, I just want the ground to yeah. swallow me whole? <laughs> well, you teach people how to treat you. Mm-hmm. And I think about all the time, like, it's funny that you said, um, you know, somebody didn't pay you or whatever. I'll send people to collections. Like I just sent three people yesterday and here's why I, I have a very abundant mindset. It's more of the fact that, um, I like to hold people to their word. Mm-hmm. So I am actually, my mentor said, are you going to be in the business of teaching people integrity? And I said, actually, that is the business I would like to be a part of. Right. Right. Okay. And it's when you send people to collections, you barely get receive that money back, but it's more about teaching the lesson for them. Like, listen, mm. like, you got to do that. I, I tell people right away, I have you sign a contract because I believe you're going to follow through on paying this. Right. And I'm going to give right. you everything of me. Mm-hmm. Right. So they know ahead of time, that's my boundaries. I'm going to give you the service. You're going to pay for yep. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're going to pay it because you're going to sign on the dotted line right here. And a lot of people don't talk about that. People don't pay. Yeah. People don't follow through on their word. So I think that's important. Um, but when it comes to friends, like you got to set up agreements with people, mm-hmm. right? Like I expect to be treated this way because otherwise you're going to get your feelings hurt all the time. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Or because you're holding people to agreements they never made. Right. It's almost like if you're in a relationship with someone and you have a standard of yep. what they should be like. Yep. yep. Like it's so funny. My, we were talking about PR and my PR girl um, called me a couple months back and she was like, you know what? We need to have a conversation because you are hurting my feelings. Um, every time I text you, you, you will text back and say, okay. Or like, it's very short. And I just want to know, did I do something to piss you off? (laughs) And I'm like, listen, like, no, like I just, I don't, I'm not a big texter. I won't sit there like, okay. means, okay. I saw it. Mm -hmm. Like we're good to go. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And she's like, well, I need an emoji. I need to know that you love me. Yeah. Like that it's a nice one. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, that's an agreement we can make for you specifically. I will add a little heart heart emoji. And that means I love you so, so much, much, Gigi. Yeah. Um, all is well. Yes. If you don't get the heart emoji, I'm, I am mad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm making that agreement with you right now. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did. That was our wow. relationship. I would just text her a heart emoji. Like I got it. We're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everything changed. She wasn't mad at me anymore, but it was like, listen, you should have set that up in the beginning of yeah. the whole friendship right. or in the partnership or whatever, you know? And so now I just, I mean, that was one example. Like I'm all about agreements. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that too with Chase, your husband? Oh. Like are you, cause you're, he's, you say he's the, he's the, <laughs> he's the nice one and you're like the, the, the bull in the china yep. shop. Yeah. Yep. So how, how does that balance between the two of well, you? So we've been together for 12 years and for us, it's more about like, I can't look to Chase to make me happy. So if I'm going, if that's going to be an agreement that you make me happy, then I'm never like, obviously I'm, you're always going to be breaking the agreement because <laughs> I can't look outside for happiness. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there are a few agreements that we need to make with each other. So the mm-hmm. first one is like, you've got to spend family time with us 
every single day. You can only play hockey twice a week. Like these are straight up agreements because yeah. I will like cut somebody. Like, yeah. right? <laughs> this is it. But these are things that like, and then there's certain agreements that like he doesn't like when I yell. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, so there's little things that we have set up with each other over the years. Like this is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. This is unacceptable. And so if we do this, this means that we need to go to counseling or we right. need, we need help here if mm-hmm. I'm starting to do this action. Um, but I think you just, you have to have constantly talks. Like we have, we go on dates to, to talk about our relationship just to talk about them. Or we'll go on a walk just to talk about a relationship. Um, and what to, comes up on those talks? Are you just recapping like the week and how it's No. Been? So we can't talk about, we can't talk about anything business related right. or life related, kids, nothing like that. It's about how am I treating you? Okay. How did you feel this week? Well, you yelled at me a lot. Like he, it's like, it's like free time. He can tell, well, you only had sex with me once this week. Right. Yeah. You know, like we need to be doing <laughs> that five times. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. So it's like just our open time where we can talk about anything like, oh, I don't like about I feel like you were lazy yesterday. I'll yeah. say that. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's our open time where we can't judge each other. Right. Yeah. And so how do you get to safe. that point? Because I feel like so many times you're in a relationship and maybe you're in a relationship of a couple of years, maybe 10 years. And now you're trying to bring this into the relationship. Yep. It was never there before. How do, would you? Even... Well, both partners. Well, so that's a good point mm. because both partners have to want it. Yes. And three years ago, I gave Chase an ultimatum. I said, Mm -hmm. I'm leaving, literally, I'm done. I'm Mm -hmm. not doing this anymore. He was just going out with his friends all the time, playing hockey, like literally like being a bachelor with three kids. I was like, this ain't happening anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, listen, I have all the money in the world. Like, I don't need you. That's what I told him. Yeah. It wasn't very nice, but that's what I did. This is, yeah. Were you true to that? Yeah. And I think a lot of women are scared to give ultimatums, Mm -hmm. but I was like, listen, I'm not going to, I will not tolerate this behavior anymore Mm -hmm. because I'm not happy. My kids aren't happy. Absolutely not. So you need to change. And he, that was like a wake up call for him. He was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. I need, something needs to change here. So he went to work on himself and he was like, I want to be the best husband that I can be. I want to be the best dad I can be. And he started reading books. He started getting mentors and like diving into it where before he didn't take it serious that like, he just thought he was, he would always have me, you know? And I think women are like, oh, well, you know, I got to stay married. I'm, I don't know. I do not need to stay married. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry. I, I need to make sure that I'm raising happy, healthy kids Mm -hmm. and that I'm happy too. And so that really helped because now we're on the same page where, okay, we need to make our relationship a priority. And these are things that we do to make sure that our relationship is going in the right direction. So I really feel with you, it's that you have the confidence to be able to talk to someone, say, hey, this isn't working out. Hey, we need to have a chat about this. And hey, these are my boundaries. Literally before I was, that's why I was late today. Cause I was on a phone call talking to somebody like, listen, like I have a problem. We need to talk about it. Right. And I wouldn't say I'm confrontational cause I'm not coming at it. Like I'm going to yell at you. I'm just saying, yeah, here's this thing that came up for me. You know, we were in a, we were in a group environment and you were rude to me. That's how I felt. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about it. I want to see, is there anything I did to bother you? Right. Like, cause if so, I would like to make it right right now. Mm-hmm. I'm all about like, and that it's was just like a, looking the solution. Yeah. It's my job. I want peace in this world. Like mm-hmm. if, you know, we talked about this other thing, like if somebody didn't do their job, I'm going to have a conversation with them. Cause I don't want yeah. bitterness. Yeah. I would rather it be all on the table and me go, I'm not happy with you. Here it and is. is why. And we can move on yeah. and we can still be friends. Exactly. And I don't yeah. have to talk bad about your hold this. Like, oh, I wish I would have said this to her. Mm-hmm. Just say it. Yeah. Because, and that's, because that's how I want people to treat me. Like if I've done something wrong with you or, you know, you feel like you didn't get the best service, please tell me so I can become better. Yeah. Right. And right. so that's the type of like life I, the world I want to live in. Mm-hmm. So that's why I got to do it. 
Yeah. So it's just, you have that confidence to say it because at the end of the day, otherwise you do, you have that tension between someone else and you haven't had that kind of explosion. Yeah. And everybody's like, there's an elephant in the room. Let's just Mm -hmm. talk about it. That's why I named mommy millionaire because it was like, and nobody likes to talk about money. Well, let's talk about money. Yeah. Like it's just a little bit like, you know? Yeah. Wow. You're just like a firecracker and you're just like, you, you set my brain on fire. Cause I'm like, yeah, like I am, I'm not the person to like, if I have like, I'm, I go around the corner. I like kind of pussyfoot around. And how it. does that feel? Yeah. I feel I'm frustrated and it's like irritating. And like, you know, I've even sent somebody, uh, three messages in the last week because you know, they're supposed to owe me some money and you know, I'm like, and they haven't even replied. And I'm like, did I do something wrong? Like, you know, yeah, why are you not There's nothing wrong me? with you. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with them. Right, exactly. And you're just like, that doesn't make me feel good that, you know, you're supposed we're supposed to be friends and yet you haven't, you know, have your half of the bargain. Um, so I think mm. it really is just having that that confidence to own your own shit and be yeah. like, hey, I'm, I'm not happy with how this is. And let me yes. know, let's, let's rectify yes. it. Yes. Well, I think like our number one fear in life is fear of abandonment. Mm-hmm. We, we don't want to be alone. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why we're scared of rejection. That's why we're scared of public speaking. They won't like me. I'll be alone, you know? And so we do everything to protect that. And so instead of going like and making decisions from that fear-based mentality. Like, mm-hmm. oh, if I have this conversation, they're not going to be my friend anymore. Right. Well, let's go to worst case scenario. What if they're not your friend anymore? Yeah, right. Does it, would you even want someone to be your friend who does that anyway? Exactly. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so that's where my business coach taught me this with Chase. That's how I actually gave him the ultimatum. Mm-hmm. Was, well, let's go to worst case scenario. What happens if you get a divorce? Because before I thought, oh, my business is going to fall apart. My friends won't like me anymore. Like, Everything was horrible. Yeah. And then he goes, well, actually, let, let, let's work it out. Yeah. And I was like, I think I'd be okay. Like, if my business went away, I already know how to build a business. I'll just build another one. Right. Exactly. So I'll just do it again. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's really not that bad. Mm-hmm. So face it. Face the fear. And and just... Yeah, I would say fear isn't even that bad. What's the worst thing that can happen? If you're not going to die, you're fine. I say the same thing too. Oh my gosh. But so many people are scared to even think about it in their mind because they think, oh, especially if they've played with the law of attraction at all. Mm -hmm. They think, oh, if I think that, then it's going to come to be. Yeah. That's not true. Mm -hmm. It's all about the, your feelings create your reality. Your thoughts don't. Yeah. So true. Well, you are a firecracker. And I want to know what is coming up for you over the next like six months. I feel like you've got so much stuff on the horizon. I know. So actually, um, I have my Mommy Millionaire live event that's coming up. And that's all for um, online business owners. Okay. So we're going to be talking about how to build a team, how to you know really build your celebrity online, how to um, do messenger bots. Like We're going to be talking about the real practical things of how to right. build a Rather business. Rather than just like, hey, post a pretty photo. Yeah. Right. Like, it's going to be inspiring, but it's going to be real life strategy. You're going to put into play that weekend mm-hmm. on your event. I mean, on your business. Mm-hmm. And I'm so freaking excited for it. So that's How many people up, you go going? 200 people. Wow. So it's kind of smaller mm-hmm. because what I do is I have every speaker come off yeah. and actually work with you. Okay. So they do a little talk mm-hmm. and then they do 30 minutes of working with you on your business. So it's very like workshop style, but you're going to meet a ton of people, a ton of networking. Are there still some tickets left? Yes. Okay, great. So we're going to put all the details for the event. Then it's in September, yes. October, October yep. in Scottsdale. Yeah, place to go as well. Yeah, have like a party and have some fun there. So we'll put all those details. And uh, your uh, podcast. How can everyone get reach you on social? Yeah. Media? So um, I'm on social media. I'm Kayla dot craft c a y l a dot c r a f t. I always have to do that. And then it's just the Mommy Millionaire podcast. You can find it on anywhere that podcasts are played. Love it. Well, we're going to put all those details below. Thank you so much for Yay. joining me today. I really enjoyed getting to know you better on a deeper level. Make sure that you subscribe to the It Takes Rick podcast and we will see you next week. Bye, guys.